to rise and climb with Anna. I'm just someone who really, really, really loves stories. And I'm going to do the best I can to become as good as I can to share stories that help me not only overcome, but hopefully inspire you to overcome the hardest challenges life throws at you. All right, everybody. So this podcast you're about to hear was legitimately recorded on our brand new microphones that Michael got me for Christmas and a mixer thing. And I was so flipping excited. And I even declared it. I said, watch out, everybody. You're going to have an amazing audio experience with our next podcast. (laughs) Well, Okay, so I go to retract it and and upload it to where I edit it a little and, you know, get it all good and mesh it and send it on its way. And I'm listening to it, and by every second, I'm getting more and more upset and angry at Michael because I said to him, this is the worst recording ever. Like, send this crap back. This is worse than our initial microphone. This is horrible. You suck at talking. <laughs> Sometimes I am not very nice or loving. And, I mean, I <clears throat> I did give off that vibe to him. But I did say, I'm just frustrated because... I'm disappointed and I was really actually excited for this and now it's just worse and I feel like even more setback because this was supposed to be the answer and now it's worse. Well, we I decided that the podcast was Rise and Climb and what better opportunity to get back up and rise and climb and figure it out. So it was our anniversary weekend, we decided to record another podcast and So that gave us time to look into it. And what I realized is even though the microphones were plugged in, on the platform I was using to record, it was using my computer microphone. I didn't switch it to use the new microphone system. So it recorded the podcast on my computer. So (laughs) it is literally the worst audio I have ever had because I've never recorded one on my computer microphone. But that being said, we have recorded this sucker three times now, and I just decided that I will give the caveat and the warning that the audio is not good. If you want to continue to listen to it, here is the content. I liked it. It's about homeschooling and what we've learned in our journey, but... It is not great audio, so give it a try. Please do not leave a review about this audio because I'm already telling you it's not good. We already recorded a new one correctly, so we have figured it out. So this should be the worst listening experience you've ever had. So with that being said, enjoy. All right, well, this is our first ever video because we got new microphones because Michael doesn't know how to talk normal into a regular microphone. Just wait till my coffee sips start. And yeah. his cough. It's so obnoxious to edit now with video. So video podcasts are the rate all the rage. So I'm kinda wanna try that out. So this is very last minute. Neither one of us are expected to look this good. Yeah. On video. 
So what are we talking about today, honey? Well, we got a couple topics. We do. One was, uh, I think, homeschooling. homeschooling. Yes. We've never really talked about why we wanted to homeschool, right? I'm sure we have. Have we? This okay. might be semi-redundant. Okay, so let's go back and what was our first decision to homeschool? Why? Do you remember, honey? <sighs> I think there was a lot of things. One of them being, <laughs> trying not to, I'm trying not to make a the gurgling oh. sound in my mouth. Um, <laughs> one of them being wanting to really be able to, uh, I think, it, how do I want to say this? Yeah, I hope you get it out soon. People, uh, we are losing viewers by this uh, second. Okay. No, there was a couple of things, and I was going to say one thing first, and I changed my mind. That's what okay. the reason for the hesitation so, was. let's go. One of the things was we didn't like the crap in the schools. We didn't like some of the stuff that they were teaching. Why aren't you teaching? You're spending too much time teaching social issues and not enough time teaching, like, the whole purpose of you to educate children. Yes. You know, on. The academics. The, the <clears throat> reading, writing, and arithmetic, right? That was the focus, yeah. right? And I guess depending on what we call academics these days, but okay. that and then I really enjoy teaching. It is something that I like to do. I just picked this microphone thing over my toes. I see the little squirrel <laughs> <laughs> distracted very easily. I just want to say when you're not around, I'm really good at picking things up. But With when your toes. you're toe, yeah, I mean anything. The other day, I literally got... Yeah, when I'm here, you're, yeah, you can't get anything. Basically disabled. And the other day, you should have seen it. I was holding Elias, and I had to get him in the uh, uh, carrier that I had to strap on. And I could not figure it out. So I actually held him by with my teeth in his onesie. <laughs> hold him up. To, and his feet were like planted in there. And I held him up. While I buckled something. <laughs> like a mama cub. <laughs> I was thinking like a cat. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought my husband could see me now. He'd never help me when he's home. <laughs> That's the other thing I can do. Okay, so learning stuff. As well, you can tell, we didn't prepare at all for this. Oh, so. we're prepared. But not only we wanted them to learn actual academics, like quality academics. Mm -hmm. we, I mean, when you actually look. I was thinking about this today. Okay, follow me. It has something to do... Make some contact with your viewers. Okay, I'm seeing my Invite eyes. them in. All right, <laughs> I just love looking at you. We're going to look back at this one and think, man, have we, we come far? <laughs> okay, so my cousin had posted something, and she's tons of... There's kidney issues in my that run in my family, and somebody you know, just commented on how the healthcare system is broken. Yet, when you question or, or do alternative things that don't fall in line with the healthcare system, people think you're crazy. In the same breath that they tell you the healthcare system is broken, they'll shame you for not going along with what the healthcare system does. And I feel that's very similar with school. People will talk about how burdened teachers are, how class sizes are horrible, how the behavior in schools is just totally inappropriate. How kids, how anxious they are, and how they're how 
kids are just not doing well in general these days. Even the ones doing well are on antidepressants and anxiety medication. And yet when you tell them you're going to homeschool, they think you're crazy. So it's just so funny, the world we live in, I think. Yeah. Going back to something you said, and I think this was a major decision for for us and something that I really thought a lot about was our society claims or was founded on a value of free speech and free expression of ideas and how that can encourage learning and development and growth. And academics have now become a closed system where alternative theories are instantly shut down because they don't fit uh, the status quo or the narrative. And Mm -hmm. that's not the way I want my children to be. I want them to be able to to question narratives, question long-held beliefs because they may be wrong, um, and really not accept things just because an authority said so. You know, mm-hmm. ultimately, all of us. In the, I was listening to a podcast earlier on how, in the most valuable. Um, you need to engage with so, the audience, honey. <laughs> sorry, I'm thinking, and so when I go to retain. Or, try to recall information, I sometimes look down. Um, He's looking down at you all. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, in the podcast, it was referencing a, a court of law, a system where no matter what, in a court of law, there's two experts that most of the time testify. And it's the jury of your peers, a jury of the people, we the people that are supposed to be the true fact finder of what is actually true. So it's not up to the experts to decide. We are the jury. The people mm-hmm. are the jury. They present that the get, info. They, it's up to the experts to prevent, uh, present their data, present their opinion of the data, most importantly, um, because normally the data is not the issue in debate. And it's up for to us, you know, the, the lay people or the educated lay people, let's say, we are the true fact finders. We're the ones who are supposed to judge whether they're right or wrong. And society has got that whole really flipped around. Mm-hmm. And now it's, oh, the experts are the ones to decide. And I really struggle with that for multiple reasons, for, for philosophical reasons. <laughs> Mostly it's appeal to authority is an actual logical fallacy for one thing. Um, however, you do need, you know, you do need to learn things from people because we can't know everything, which is a whole other podcast. But, uh, Long story short, there's, there's a lot of reasons, like deeper reasons that I think about behind the choice to really homeschool our children and want them to become critical thinkers and, and think for themselves, not think just because I said so as your parent or a teacher challenged me, you know, find alternative theories, let's talk through them. And then, but let's have a real debate about it and really examine the evidence so that you can come to an educated position uh, but also your own view of it and not necessarily my own. So just thought of a t-shirt idea. <laughs> just trying to raise no dummies. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Honey. So that, that's, that's a part of it. And obviously that's a, a, a long-term goal at this point. The kids are so young. Um, that... Yes and no. We're definitely building a foundation because when we watch things that we believe spread lies, we point it out and we say, oh, that's not true. To the point where... You know, corn. I mean, for this, this is good. Corn will be like, "Are unicorns real?" <laughs> you know, and then you know, no. Um, but what is she? She asks the funniest things. Is this real, Mama? Is this real? Is, are mushrooms real? 
Yes, honey. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so we maybe have her questioning way too many things. However, it is important, and I, I'd yeah. rather have a child who who questions things that people say instead of just accepts everything as, mm -hmm. as reality just because somebody said it. And Benny won't have a problem with it. I mean, that kid is thinking. I don't think that's true. No, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or he, like, he, him and his nephews are on this Bigfoot thing. Oh, yeah. And he kept saying Bigfoot. They keep saying Bigfoot's real. I told him Bigfoot's not real. Is Bigfoot real, Dad? You know, he's like, well, no, but maybe you should ask him why they think he's real. And yeah. so, I don't think that ever went far. But the whole point is, if somebody has a counterclaim, really press into it. Mm -hmm. Let them present their evidence to you mm -hmm. instead of just outright dismissing it. And whatever that may be. So It was funny because we were driving home and I pretended to run over a boa constrictor. <laughs> and I, because, I, you know, just to have those fun things and maybe and that'll be a memory of Mom ran over a bullet. No, she did you know, and they, they wonder if it's true and it's kinda harmless and fun. And and I said, Oh yeah, like that time I ran over the boa constrictor, but he's like, No, you didn't. We I didn't even feel a bump. <laughs> yes. So yeah, that stuff's sort of fun. So definitely all those things of wanting them to be critical thinkers. Now okay, so Let's go back to then the beginning. Then we just, the first, one of the other reasons that I really didn't want to put them in school, especially a boy, is because so many boys struggle in school. And so many kids grow up thinking they're stupid or they're dumb because of one thing. I can remember in fourth grade, I got a needs improvement in math. And that, I never thought I was good at math because of fourth grade. And it's so crazy. Now, I think that if you send your kids to school, which we are not shaming at all, it's just important to really converse. And I think at that point, I just didn't have somebody to talk about it with. And had I opened up and shared that thought, you know, somebody could have helped direct my mindset on needs improvement doesn't mean you're bad at it. But to go back to homeschooling, it really allows us to tailor to their learning unique uh skill set and all that and i really like that yeah and unique interest because a lot of times they just kids naturally want to learn yes and i think yeah. that's been one of the most obvious things and i think every parent is aware of this or and, and maybe some people don't necessarily recognize it because they're not thinking but if but as homeschool parents you can use the funniest opportunities as an opportunity to learn. Mm -hmm. and, and most other parents likely do this. I'm not saying mm -hmm. this is just because we're homeschooling parents, but I think we put a special emphasis on it because we homeschool. Yeah. And that would be like a question about clouds or mm -hmm. lightning. Where to, where, lightning or, yeah. And then we can go into, and I am, <laughs> I'm one of the, I like to explain it in a very technical way. Oh my gosh. So I that, don't even get it. So that. That one, he, I don't get a lot of follow-up whys. Because <laughs> <laughs> they'll be like, why, is, why, is, why does lightning <laughs> strike? And so I will go through the difference in um, electrons and, and describe to them, you know, about there's different charges and how the, that will cause an imbalance and it needs to equalize pressure just like pressure that you would build up in a dam and I you know and you can use water as a great analogy to, to 
talk through electrical concepts because they're harder to understand. Um, electricity is harder to understand in picture than water. And so if you can describe it in that way, but it was, it's a great way to learn and experience for a child who, who then can, you know, he may want to ask more later, but he at least has some idea that there's something going on with lightning. And it's not just, oh, lightning strikes because, you know, whatever. I don't know what a generic explanation would be, but. And I wouldn't say we've done this really well, but the beauty of homeschooling is you lean into what they are asking you questions about. Mm -hmm. So when we went to the library, I checked out lightning books. Now, I don't know how many we read. I don't, I don't think, think I read one. Maybe their godmother wrote them. I think read them. I read them some because she's like, we know all about lightning now. So, but that's the idea is you you use what they're most interested in to to help them learn. And so that's pretty clear with Benny and learning reptiles and all that. And so let's kind of go back when we were ready to start some more formal education with him because I was I'm really sensitive on leaning into what they're ready to learn, which takes sometimes a little prodding, but not pushing too hard. And so I've done that where I've been like, okay, Cora, I think Cora is ready to learn some reading. And we use a learn how to read in a hundred easy lessons. And we got, I don't know, say five, eight lessons in. And then she just started crying about it. I was like, nope, nope, we're done. Because Cora is 4K. There's nothing about her that has to learn how to read. I just thought she might be ready and fun to play around with some of the sounds. And then she wasn't, so said no. But to go back, um, when Benny, we decided Benny <clears throat> could probably work on writing. Because it was like, okay, the, the kid didn't even know how to write his name yet. He was five years old, and which is fine. Some people are like, okay. But I was like, okay, that's what we can start with. And my sister's a teacher. And we, we kind of talked about some things. I mean, that kid, that kid can put together Legos like nobody's business. And then when you ask him to hold a pencil, he goes limp wrist. And, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know how to hold this, Mom. It's so ridiculous. So, so that was about a year ago. Yeah, it really was. And then so we started, you know, like we played around with some things. But then that's how we discovered the reward chart. It came very organically, and we Benny wanted this Lego that was thirty six dollars. Mm-hmm. Do you remember which one it was? I don't know. I think it was a dragon one. Yeah, it was a dragon one. And of course, who wants to say no to buying their kids Legos? You know, it's such a great toy. However, I you just don't want to throw out these thirty five fifty dollar presents, even fifteen dollar presents, just all constantly. the time, constantly. So. I was like, okay, Benny, that's $36. So it all came to me in one idea. And I said, how about you practice your writing, and when you practice your writing, you get a check mark, and each check mark represents a dollar. So after he's done, done something 36 times, then you get it. And so wait, like $1, one task equals, you know, and this sum will, what he specifically requested and that just worked mm-hmm. it had to be an idea yeah from i think it was a month and a half later he was writing everything fine and he, holding his pencil right yeah and it was and he wanted like he was doing it 
without the tears, so yes. to speak. It was and, and if it he get, and he's like, I don't want to, I'd be like, I don't care. I don't want to give more of my money away. So fine, <laughs> let's not get those checks. You know, they'd be like, well, I want to. And then they'd be like, okay, then write, you know, and so then write these words. And it really just started with that. And then, and and then what? Hundred easy lessons, learning how to read, and that really was it. Almost last mm-hmm. year, right? Yeah, we didn't really do much. I mean, we, I did some general counting stuff with him, and he yeah. his, <laughs> he knew a lot of it. He knew how to count by his fives and tens. Mm-hmm. But we didn't really do anything math related until this year. Yeah. So, so then we did enroll, uh, like open enrollment in a virtual charter school that basically just offers very hands-off assistance and um, some money for supplies. Yeah, so basically you get to ultimately choose your curriculum Mm -hmm. uh, and then... Yeah, use them as we need it. You use them as you need They're they're a resource. They provide you a way to plug in with other other people. You get to do, you know, events with the children. So we decided to go with it. We liked it. We liked a little bit of the accountability. And yeah. um, and and so we went with it. We really liked it. So then this second year is our first full year with Benny because we didn't do it until like November, November last, last year. year. So it's about a year. And so he just turned six and he's in kindergarten. And so we decided during summer, I tried to keep up with some of the schoolwork. And it just was not going good. And I mean, I had baby. I had I had a newborn, yeah. and we're stressed. And a newborn and a Lydia. Yeah, we have four kids, like five and under at this point. So I just I I don't know. Do you remember how that went? It probably went like this. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. We're taking a break. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. That's, that sounds exactly like what you said. <laughs> Tone's pretty close too. Maybe a little more anger. So, and you're like, no, honey, just, you could do like one lesson a week. And I'm like, you know what? No, it doesn't work. We're way too out of routine, Benny. Benny, what, looking back, he really felt like I was taking him away from playing. It's summertime. That's his, you know, thriving time. And so I just said, no, we cannot do this. So we started more formally in the fall and we got an updated 100 easy lessons because the one we were using was like from 1985 which is still very similar you can still use it 100 easy lessons we got back into that and it was it's that's been so good because we basically went back and started from the beginning but mm-hmm. we've like really quick he's like mm, eh, ah, you know like making all the sounds and then sometimes we do two lessons a day so for a year from kind of when we started schooling he's already and lesson 38, 39 out of 100. And he's really getting it. Um, during the summer, too, I also found for recommendation somebody the online program Reading Eggs and Math Seeds. It's, it's like a two-in-one. And we did subscribe to that. And I found myself just laughing because one of the reasons I didn't want to homeschool was all the screen time. And here I am, you know, six months in. Here, here's the screen. But it's really been a great program. And I feel that it really leads and reiterates concepts that we're doing. And then I found Explode the Code, and I love Explode the Code. Have you done that a lot with them? Or no? I think only once, because normally I only do the math. Yeah. And then and Michael can talk about the math. But the math, the Explode the Code really is, it brings in reading, writing, and phonics. 
And it's a book that he can do himself and I can come alongside and watch him because the directions are so simple. You don't really have to know how to read to do it. And um, yeah, I just, it, it pairs really well with 100 Easy Lessons. And then we also got Handwriting Without Tears because Benny knows his letters, of course, by now. Um, but, uh, and he knows how to write them, but not very well. He doesn't start from the right spot. No, some yeah. funky spot. So it really, it really gives you tools to correct their writing, which he sometimes freaks out about when I correct them. And then we have to have a coming to Jesus moment and maybe sometimes take a break, but I really like it. So I'm moving now that he's got more of that foundation on how to write correctly. Now there's a journal that comes in with the handwriting without tears book. And we're going to work on copy work because a lot of the people I follow talk just about copy work so they you pick a piece of literature a book something that they're into and they just copy one two three four sentences a day and and you really only a lot of people that I know just do that repetition so that they're copying really great literature and then grammar is that much easier because they've been absorbing so much good literature and then a lot of the people I follow just tons of read-alouds. They read aloud every day. And that auditory hearing of the stories and the grammar sets it in motion for them to be able to write well. I really want to get better at read-alouds, but it just, it's so hard right now. So hard, we're in a hard season. Yeah. And then when I actually, like last night, for instance, I read three, like, three children's books to Cora and Benny. Benny listens. And then we read... Lord of the Rings, so, yeah. so uh, we are in the first book, and Benny is lucky to ever make it a page and a half, puts and right that thing sleep. puts him right to sleep, but he asks for it still, Yeah. so, which obviously it's a little advanced, a little advanced concepts, you know, mm-hmm. however, it is something, and it's probably not the best literature, whatever, however, it is something that's a little bit more... Yeah. higher level in terms of I mean I can't read elf so it makes it a little hard at times <laughs> but now yeah so the whole idea of read aloud is that you're reading like living books you can google search what living books are but little house on the prairie a really good imaginative well-written standing the test of time type books mm-hmm. um so that's really working well Cora is just very introductory now but Cora's not even five yet. And so we didn't start with the things with Benny formally till after he was five. Yeah, so it was like five years and a couple months. Basically. We're doing a lot of play-based stuff. Cora's just very likes play-based anyways. She's creative and loves art. Yes, very creative. So it's just giving her space. So the other day I was like, let's practice letters. And I let her paint her letters that she wanted to write. And so just vi- the whole idea is if learning's not fun, we're doing something wrong. And I want to, I, you know, and that doesn't mean that we're always laughing and giggling during it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. That's for sure. Oh, because you got to talk about the, the math. But it's just this idea that it's challenging enough to be fun enough. So talk about the Matthew C, honey. Sure. So we chose a math program called Matthew C. We looked at a couple different other ones. This one just stuck out. None others were really even. The premise of the program is you have manipulatives, which are really just blocks. Matthew C. Matthew C. So Mm -hmm. it's individual blocks or 
goes ones, twos, threes, fours, up to nine, and then tens, and then hundreds. And so the premise of it is, yeah, Matthew C. The premise of it ultimately is you use the blocks just like you would use change or quarters or anything else Mm -hmm. you would normally use to try to teach math concepts in a visible way. Mm -hmm. Um, However, the way the blocks work, you'll end up using them all the way up um, through exponents, multiplication mm-hmm. they're used for just about everything uh, at, throughout the whole process mm-hmm. of learning so and the, the thing we liked is the math program takes you all the way up into calculus and um, so you can you can basically get all the way through high school with the curriculum and you're staying with the same the same uh, same style system that mm-hmm. being said there's a lot of other programs out there that do mm-hmm. that there's a lot probably a lot of other great programs out there this is just the one we chose we liked it we thought Benny would get the concept well with it, and he does. He mm-hmm. catches on really quick. And, mm-hmm. uh, one of the other things they focus on, though, with it, and I don't know if you're going to say this, uh-huh. but it's on mastery of concepts before you move on. So unlike a school curriculum where, like, for instance, Benny can take a test, and he can pass the test, no problem. But this focuses on okay, mastery of the skill. You need to teach back to me what you learned mm-hmm. and before you're ready to move on to the next concept. And then they do systematic reviews every time and during the test to make sure that you still are grasping the old concepts. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't follow Common Core because it's focusing on mastery of concepts before moving on, not, okay, we need to hit this by this date. Mm-hmm. However, it'll it is builds that Common on a, Core, or is that just kind of school? I don't know. It, mm-hmm. Common Core has its own issues. I've listened to a podcast on it. Mm-hmm. I can't really remember. Was it my it podcast? On. Yeah, it was your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm right here listening to my wife. Was just didn't remember where I heard it. Your favorite It podcast? was amazing. I've, well, that I think highlights what I love is this new skill that he's learning in math has been a little more advanced and tricky for him to learn. Mm-hmm. And it's really setting the foundation for addition and subtraction. And we, this week, so this so far, we're going on two weeks with it. And I love that. And I think that's why kids probably feel stupid in school is because, oh, you didn't, your brain didn't get the pathways crossed yet and you didn't get it and everybody else has moved on and you haven't and just what that does to a little kid's brain well not only that i think benny could have passed the test yes early uh, yes but we are making him go until he really gets it and understands because we understands you know the the what it's actually asking for in the problem and when it's uh, you know the equal sign and what needs to go there because it's actually what it's really doing He's learned addition. This is setting the stage for subtraction. Mm-hmm. And so the problems are worded different, and that's really confused him. So he's, he's trying to figure out how to put the problem back together. And he gets it right 85 90% mm-hmm. of the time. But my goal is, okay, you're not moving on until you can prove to me you can do this without help 100%. Yep. 100%. With no mistakes. Yeah. And I'm not saying, like, I'm always going to hold him to that standard. No, I know. But the point at this stage, this is very foundational items, and he really needs to get the concept before he moves on. All that to say, we know our kid, and we're right there, Mm -hmm. and most of the time, I'm right there. (laughs) And 
you know, people act, this goes back to the, the start of it is the experts. Your teachers are the experts because they went to school for this. And I want to say, we are not knocking teachers. Just like how I feel about the medical, well, even though we do home births and we do a lot of natural things, they're as amazing individuals. The system is broken and you have well meaning and loving people serving they're the best they can and really gifted in that area. And it's beautiful. We, I love that there's schools for pe- kids to go to. That's probably the safest part of their whole day. There's so many positives to that. Um, so this is definitely not knocking teachers, but teachers really kind of try to make, you know, turn lemons into lemonade in the sense of really what they're handed with kids these days and the stressors that they're put under, and yeah, they do their best. Yeah, and who's going to give one-on-one attention like we can give to Benny mm-hmm. about and really spending that time to make sure he's understanding concepts. You, a teacher cannot put that much time into each no. child. I mean, they could if you hired a special tutor or something, but no. not not in a traditional school setting. The stats out there show you, you know, the, the, the lower ratio of teacher to students really is a huge determining factor in how successful a kid is. And can you get much better than one-on-one? One-on-two sometimes. <laughs> one-on-four. One-on-four still isn't bad. Okay. I do feel like the most legitimate reason. Okay. So I'm not going to go into all the reasons people don't think you should homeschool. Like, they're worried about you socializing and all that. I feel like that could be another podcast about just peer-to-peer mm-hmm. relationships. And I think that might have been an issue more in the past. Nowadays, homeschooling is quite a large community. Mm-hmm. A lot of different ways to socialize and get along. But I do think what is worth talking about is when personalities clash. What do you think about that? Because if people are like, yeah, I would love to be able to homeschool, but I just cannot get along with one of my kids and um, it just isn't working out for us. What do you have to say to that, honey? Well, that's a great point. And I think one of the things to consider is are you pushing something that could be done in a different way to help your child? Like that's one of the benefits of homeschooling is you can get creative with ways that can match your student's learning style. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're trying to make that student learn in a way that is not the way that is mm-hmm. best for them. So there's alternate options out there. There's a lot of different resources that you can find on that. Mm-hmm. In different ways you can go about teaching your, your, your kid. I'm sure there's books that'll know a lot more than I know on that topic. Uh, however, he, them are also opportunities for the parent to grow. I, yeah. I know that's not what parents want to hear, but ultimately everything you do can be viewed in different ways. You know, mm-hmm. and it's up to you to, to look at it, putting putting it in the correct perspective. Instead of my kid's so challenging I can't teach them, my kid is helping me become a better teacher. Mm-hmm. Rephrasing it thinking about it in a positive light and what that student's doing for you. It can help rejuvenate you, give you the energy to really become creative and work with the child. But in the end, I think it, it's up to the individual mm-hmm. in the sense that you have to take responsibility for your attitude to 
influences okay. and your behavior towards the child. You can't control the child. And that's the thing. Parents think they can control children. You can't. <clears throat> you can. Sorry, I know you don't oh, like gosh, it when I do I that. I noticed that. <laughs> yeah. You, I think you can parents them. like to think they can control their kids because they can put them on timeout. They can take things away from them. They, but ultimately, you can't control their heart. And all you can do is show them a better way. And then the rest yep. is, you know, show them a better way and pray. Pray for them. Pray for yourself. And, mm -hmm. That's actually, but really take responsibility for, for your life. Take responsibility for the situation and don't blame the child. I think that's a big part of it. Do what you can and then the rest you give to the Lord. Mm -hmm. you know, that's the attitude in all relationships, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say that... I, that is actually a huge reason why I do choose to homeschool is because my story is not like, I just want to raise kids and homeschool them and it'd be so wonderful to be home all day with your kids. <laughs> I really thought, I remember having this conversation with a friend saying, yeah. I know. I have kids a few years ago to school. Still do your thing. It'll be great. And then I felt this call to homeschool because of the reasons we talked about. And so I've seen it as an opportunity to grow. And in this fear of, I can't teach my kids how to read. Well, you're not really teaching them how to read. You're finding a tool that helps them and you're going alongside of them. And to be honest, I'm learning the sounds of the vowels again. I'm like, Michael, did you know that this letter has two sounds? <laughs> you forget what you learned. And I'm like, the, the English language is so silly, to put it nicely. Ridiculous. It's not, not great. So I, I say that, and it really is an opportunity to grow and learn and really become a problem solver. I feel like that's really what homeschooling parents are, are problem solvers. You run into this roadblock with a kid. And so I, I would say, although so far I haven't had huge personality conflicts with learning styles, I have had that in my relationship with Benaya in food. And wanting him to be a, a better eater, in my opinion, not just, it's a fact, <laughs> it's not an opinion, but I would, I have, I had food goals for him and diet Terry goals for him and he was not meeting those and I realized that the food and all that stuff is not worth the relationship and so I really had to take a step back and evaluate some things and I kind of forget what I I just let it some things go and so I think that's what I would say is are, are there things in your relationship that you're just holding on to too tightly because you have a certain way and can you let it go? And I said for parents, I think sometimes that is, I didn't want them to have to learn through this online curriculum, but I've chosen this online curriculum for this subject because this area of tension is, I know that um, that's someone I know had to go that route. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it just really is getting creative with them. And then I would say maybe you should go to counseling to figure out, What's triggering you about your child? Because it's probably a deeper issue with you. And or just, it can be other stressors. I mean, yeah. Speaking from personal experience with the kids, when I'm short triggered. Do you have a story you want to share? Homeschooling. I'm, I don't know. 
can't think of anything in specific. I kind of love when I hear concepts. when I hear you when you're doing math <laughs> and you're like, "Phenomenal, Britain." Because, <laughs> and what that comes down to is you're disrespecting me by not by spending your time not I'm I'm talking to you and now you're off in, in Guru Land. Well, I'm gonna take away whatever's distracting you, and now you're gonna focus. Yeah. Or we're just not gonna do it. And mm-hmm. I'll say that to him, or I'm like, or we're done. And mm-hmm. he does not ever want to be done. He wants to finish, which is a good quality, really. Yeah. But that being said, he needs to know I'm serious, and it's disrespectful. This mm-hmm. is really disrespectful of me when you're not listening to me when I'm talking to you. I, you sit and dad, 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 until you get my attention. You mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I get a little frustrated, and that. For one, is good, but most of the time, the reason I'm frustrated is I have Lydia crawling on my back, hitting me in the head, Cora crying, <laughs> and then, you know, something else going on with baby where you need help with something, and we have such a limited time window, and so yep. that puts the stress on to get mm-hmm. things done, and recognizing these other factors are causing me to be stressed, and it's not necessarily mm-hmm. my kid's behavior. Yeah, is that a little annoying? Yes, and does it need to be addressed? Yes. Do I yep. need to be as stern as I am? Probably not, because really what's going on is I'm stressed about everything else. Yep. That's distracting me, and I can't focus yes. with you. All that to say, we are very united in this homeschooling. You know, not every couple is. And so some couples, it's like, I would love to, but my spouse doesn't, and I can't do it alone, and I know that. You know, so so this is not to compare and say apples to apples. I would say it's just to figure out, you know, what jives with you. And on top of that, some, I do know, I have very close friends who tried homeschooling and it just really didn't work for them. It was not worth the relationship. So I would say no matter what, the relationship is so important. And there can be something to be said about the kid asking or being willing and desiring to be homeschooled versus you pushing that for them. Because I would say if our kids were fucking us at every corner and refusing to learn, I think we would be left with no choice of we've, well, then you've got to want this. Like you said, we can't control you. And so yeah, there's, and then there's, there's things you could do there to encourage your child to, yeah, to learn. Where you, where in, yes, but there is something about your children will buck you, right? To mm-hmm. some extent, especially on everything. Well, I didn't say to some extent. I said around every corner. So. I mean, obviously, some circumstances have to be evaluated. Of course, honey. I'm just saying there are people who, like, we tried it, and our relationship is better, and the home is happier with having more break during the day. And so, with that being said... It definitely, I think no matter what, whether you send your kids to school, whether you homeschool, whatever, it really is respecting that what works for you works for you. And that's what you found. And we can't be expecting other people to have what we're called to work for them. But any, anything else? I am very curious to see what it's like homeschooling Lydia. (laughs) <laughs> okay so today she cora was so cute cora was so proud she made her own toast buttered it and then she put too much on so she was 
scraping it with her finger and licking it and scraping it more and spreading it more with her fingers. It was really cute. Well, Lydia woke up from her nap and slid some like the knives and, and stuff out. And I don't usually let her use the jar because if she does, it's so disgusting. But there was there wasn't much in the jar left, so she wanted to make her own peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So she she pushed up the stool, and and I was like, you know what? Here, this is the environment was as such where it was like you shouldn't be able to get into too much trouble with this. I will let you do this, and she so she was finished with the peanut butter and put the peanut butter knife in the sink and she kept pointing at it and she had paper towel all crumpled up and out and whatever and then she goes I did it I did it I did it and mind you she's two and I turn around and she's got this piece of bread with three tablespoons of jelly on it <laughs> it's like Oh my gosh, first of all, what a waste. And she was so proud. So I let her eat. I put it on a plate and she took three bites and yeah. is done. But she will be interesting. And the other day she insisted on helping me make my breakfast only to push it off our gas stove top and this the, the skillet of food mm. all on the ground. So yeah, she's she's somebody who so we will see what problem solving we need to help that girl learn as she goes, even though she knows it all already. <laughs> <laughs> she thinks she does. Yes. So but she does like to learn too. And to some extent, I don't know. I mean, she'll be an interesting character. She's been the most difficult child in terms of, I think it's because of baby so she, far because she needs, she wants so much of our attention. She still will not watch TV. Mm-hmm. Which don't get me wrong, I'm happy about yeah. at this, but at sometimes I'm like, why can you not just not need me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because she needs uh, she your wants attention, your face or she wants yes, right up there, which is so great, and we will miss it yes. so much. So it'll just be interesting to see what it's like homeschooling her. <laughs> but I think she'll catch on to things. Right well, she's a smart. Person. Oh, okay. I'm gonna end on this one. These are the moments that like you just love. So today, Benny, how the reward charts works now is they have to do like all their schoolwork and, and any chores that I request of them. And then they get a check mark for basically a dollar because they, they keep picking out toys and it's been so great. We should just talk about the reward chart because I could go on and on mm-hmm. about that. But, um, we, uh, um, oh, so Benny got done with his and I was like, all right, Benny, before you and Cora can do reading eggs on the computer, you need to help Cora with her letters. And so he's like, Cora, I'll, I'll help you. He's like, okay, I'll help you. I see. And so they have, these have these eggs with like the, the letters that they have to put together and then poke back in the carton. And he goes, I see two F's. You see two F's. Where are the F's? Cora's like, I don't know all of them. And he's like, I'll help you. AKA ended up, he just did it almost all for them so that they could go and do reading eggs. So I was like, yeah. You got to work on his teaching skills. Yeah, but it was cute because they started off really cute together. And Corby's like, oh. And he's like, I see C's. You don't have to tell me to see's because Cora, I know C's. 
And so I would say it's just one of the biggest rewards is seeing our kids learn together and grow and teach each other things. Yeah, and it's the hallmark of really true understanding is being able to teach back. Yeah. So it'll be great for him and then Cora with Lydia. Yeah. Ellie is going to have anybody teach but us. Yeah. Yeah. Give him a puppy. Puppy. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please give Rise and Climb a five-star review or share it with someone you think who would equally enjoy it. If you also feel so led, you can support this podcast with either a one-time donation or monthly subscription to help pay for sound and editing equipment that helps produce more kingdom-driven and relevant-to-the-times content. God bless.